welcome to More Than Myths. you after i didn't just speak to you seconds ago right (laughs) we weren't talking for an hour and a half already we weren't talking an hour and a half it was only an hour and 20 minutes good good really boring week well that's good though that's what you wished for yeah yeah didn't you you were like i need just a break and yeah maybe you got one yeah, that's exactly what happened, actually. Yay! Like, I can't do anything else at all. And it was my, perfect. My plate is overflowing. Um, Finny, you're not allowed to snore. <laughs> or I'm going to have to kick you out. Minimum. Hear me? He <laughs> is a very loud snorer. Oh, yeah. And I really don't want to edit that out. That would be difficult. I You would just leave it in as ambient noise. Yeah, Moji's like, oh, man, <laughs> the bug is there. Cool. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. We'll see if we have to evict him or not. <laughs> You're being evicted. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I finished a book this week. No. I mean, yes, you did. What did you finish? Tell me. <laughs> I, um, I read, it's called Seven Sins of Snow, and it it was really good. So here's my issue with it. It was like not just a smut book, right? At first, <laughs> I mean that was kind of a point. Oh, sure, okay, okay, right? it's, but it's like a romance. It had novel. a lot of story. Well, no, it wasn't a romance novel. It was actually dark. So it's oh. so it's the retelling of Snow White. Okay, but instead of seven dwarves, it's the seven sins. Okay, and they're like vampire kings. Oh, so it's like. Wait a minute. Whoa. You're telling me there's Snow White mixed with vampires? I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's try um, it. And the evil queen is like legit evil. Like the shit she does to her is dark. Awful. It's awful. So you're like, that's literally the first like 15 chapters is her just being fucking tortured. You know, it's Holy just like, shit. yeah. So I'm like, whoa, this is really dark. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? And then like when she meets the kings, it's like, then it goes into the like, literally the same chapter something happens she sleeps with one something happens she sleeps with the other you know so then it was like really rinse and repeat and it was kind of a letdown anyway i loved where it was going i loved the concept because i think like playing with the seven deadly sins and the seven dwarves instead or you know yeah yeah it's a great idea i love that parallel and i was like okay cool and I just needed the second half of the book to be a little bit more deep than yeah, it was. Not and she's that. just like instantly attracted to all of them. You oh. know, that kind of thing. Because that's how it works. Right. And so I'm like, I would have loved to have something not so physical based. Yeah. Have you know, a conversation like, oh, and get to know each actually other. Actually fall in love with each of them. Right. Yeah. For a specific reason. So, yeah. Anyway, it was like. Huh. It was good. It was entertaining, but I was like, okay. Anyway, it was fun. I did I finished it in a day <laughs> and a half. Okay. So like, let's be clear. Ooh. It was this, yeah. It was intriguing. But yeah. at the end of it, I was like, man, there were so many opportunities to just make that a little bit deeper and 
Not what it was. Not what it was. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. But for, if terrible. you want like back-to-back smut consistency, it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know when you, you know need, when the next thing is coming. Consistent consistency. This is your oh, book. Okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's the book I finished this week, and I'm still working on Court of Thorns and Roses. Shocking, but Shocking. she's at least met the protagonist. So oh, is she met? She met Tamlin. Interest. I guess. Who the fuck's Tamlin? <laughs> I don't think you spoiled anything. I didn't. So it's, it's just fine. a name. <laughs> Just a name. What is a name? Oh, so powerful. I actually had a conversation with somebody about that this week. Ooh, tell me. Oh, uh, it's just a... We actually went on a date last night with them. Oh. Uh, we, like, went out to dinner. Yeah, you know, trying to make friends as an adult is really hard. Super hard. Super hard. So I have been texting this girl, and she was telling me, girl, lady. Woman? Yeah. That she isn't a fan of her given name. And so I was telling her that I thought her name was beautiful and that there's so much power in names and all of this stuff. And so, yeah. Oh, nice. That's That was really it. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's so funny that we are named. Um, so many are named before that you're even born. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. And then like. But we ha- we owe it something to it. I know. You know? Well, and then I'm like, how would anybody know what you're, how you're gonna feel about it? Yeah, I, I I have actually always really liked my name. Yeah, I don't know why, because I know that there's a lot of people. I mean, this woman that I'm talking to, she really doesn't like her name at all, and right. so. You know, it's interesting because I've met so many people that are like, man, I wish my name was Jennifer, you know, what mm-hmm. anything, anything other than what they're named. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you're you're talking to a Corinne here. Do you not so, like your name? I love your name. I love it now. You did. But I desperately needed to be Courtney or Brittany or something plain. Jennifer. Stephanie. In, in middle school. I yeah. was just like, that's. How could you do this to me, mom? But now I love it. Now I'm like, okay, this is – Thank yeah. you for have, giving me something unique. And yes. Um, a little out there. I never meet Corinne's. And I no. especially never meet Corinne's with my spelling. No. And I never see anybody with your spelling. No. I have seen one other person with mm-hmm. a spelling like mine. But that's yeah. that's it. And she was like a news lady a billion years ago. A billion years ago. Yeah, I'm very old if you're not aware. Yeah, I thought so. I had a feeling. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Because guess what? It's time for part oh. two of the Titanomachy. Oh, what? Welcome to More Than Myths. Fuck. Shisha. <laughs> yeah. <That's right. laughs> we are podcast for the curious. Every week we get together and tell each other stories and you get to come and hang out with us. Yeah. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. This week I'm talking about, if you haven't heard last week's episode, you're going to need to stop, go back to episode 17 and listen to that first. Because this week we're talking about part two of the Titanomachy, which is the fall. We Last week we talked about the rise of the Titans 
And this week we're talking about the fall of the Titans and the rise of the Olympians in Greek mythology. So here we go. I'm so excited. Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be done so I could yell. I know. I was like, do I've, I been have... waiting. I've been waiting all week. Ah. <laughs> I was like, do I have anything else to say to that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, this part might be longer. I probably should have. I wasn't sure how quickly I would get through last week. And this week we have a bit more bit more meat to talk about but we'll see i'll probably get through it in five minutes and like, <laughs> shit that was quick that was quick <laughs> but yeah so sip of coffee sip of coffee sip of water baker's dozen of donuts like muffins oh god i want Ooh. donuts sounds so good or bagels <laughs> oh a bagel bagels. with cream cheese mm-hmm. yeah mm, fresh but like hot oh, damn it <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Do you need a tissue to like wipe the drool? Yeah, thinking too much about labels. <laughs> um, okay, so the rise of Zeus and the Olympians. Here we go. So last week we left off kind of hearing about the birth of the Titans, their brothers. <laughs> There's Finney already. Um, oh, I can't hear him. <laughs> the brothers being hidden away uh, by their father, Uranus, and their mother, Gaia, trying to free them. So the Titans conspired against Uranus, and Kronos kind of took the lead and is now the ruler of the gods. And this is the second generation of the Greek pantheon and the golden age of Greek mythology. Everybody, I also read a little bit more about that when I was doing research for this part. And it was like, it was always springtime. Oh. So literally, like, they didn't have to work. They didn't have to farm. They didn't have to do anything because it was just so plentiful. Oh. And I was like, what a fucking dream. Yeah. That's what I hope if there is a heaven or there's something for me to enjoy for the rest of eternity, I hope it's always springtime. Really? Or warm you wouldn't summer. miss the other seasons? No, not a bit. Not even a little. Not even not, autumn? No, not <gasps> even a little. I what? I experienced plenty of that in my human life. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No thanks. No thanks. Just constantly warm and just running around in like dresses all day. And beautiful new and eating grapes and, and drinking oh wine gosh. and like and baby snacking sheep. and uh baby, baby she yeah, all the babies all the all time the baby just things. constant baby oh animal oh no it's, it's done i'm over <laughs> it's like, i'm just gonna oh. stay here you guys have fun in the other seasons but oh if yeah you need me I'm i'll really, be here <laughs> i'll be here thanks no problem <laughs> um so yeah i was just like wow what a dream so anyway so now Kronos is the lord of the earth, sea, and sky. So he rules over all domains, okay? Um, Kronos marries his sister Rhea, which, like I said last week, um, each of the titans, so there were six male, six female, they all pair off and get married. So Kronos and Rhea wed, and they're actually in love. They're head oh. over heels for each other. They really do love each other, and yeah. they're very attracted to each other. But what we talked about last week as well is Uranus, before he kind of crawled into his hole, cursed Kronos that he would be betrayed by his own son, mm -hmm. just like Kronos had done to Uranus. So while Kronos is like super attracted to his wife, he's also super fearful of her getting pregnant because it's like, yeah, 
this prophecy and this curse that's on him, he's just like, oh, I don't really want to lose this power that I just gained. And mm-hmm. he's starting kind of like turns. It's turning to starting to turn him sour, just like you know, Whoa. it would with suspicious. And uh, what's the word? Um, <sighs> paranoid. Yeah. Yes. Super thanks. paranoid. Yeah. yeah. So, however, he's unable to keep his hands off of her because they are in love and he's very attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And she becomes pregnant. So she believes the best in him. And she's mm-hmm. just like, okay, you know, this will be fine. Like, it's going to work out. No yeah. Problem. And then, so she's like, well, I'm pregnant. And he's like, and he left. And he told her oh. that she doesn't need to worry about it. And he'll yeah. take care of the baby. Ooh. And so she's like, what? Take care of it. How? Like, nice does or that not mean? nice? <laughs> right. So she's like, what the fuck does that mean? And he like alludes t- to her that he will, he'll just eat the baby. And she's just like, <gasps> she believes the best in him. She's his biggest fan. So she doesn't really believe him. And she carries on with her first pregnancy. So she's just like, no, there's no way that he could actually do that to a darling baby. Right. Right. So she gives birth and she immediately falls in love. It's a beautiful baby girl. And she's just like, he's going to just be smitten. Yes. He's going to look, take one look at this baby and it's, it's going to be, he's not going to worry about this curse anymore. Yes. And it's a daughter. So it's not even a son. Right. And the curse is a son. But he took one look at the baby and swallowed her whole. Oh my God. And this shocked and horrified Rhea. She's just like, what the actual fuck just happened? So time goes on. You know, she's still like, doesn't, can't comprehend what's happened. She's, you know, kind of grief stricken, but she still loves Kronos. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's almost like they go back to their normal routine. Like this thing didn't happen and this love is still there. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, She's like, I love him, and I don't know how he could do that. But at the same time, like, everything's kind of gone back to normal. Well, she gets pregnant again. And she hopes that this time maybe it won't happen. And yeah, surely this can't continue. You know, maybe she just he just keeps, didn't. Well, she just keeps hoping for the best and seeing the best in him. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe he didn't realize that it was a girl, and if she has another girl, then she'll be able to be like, look, it's not a son that this curse pertains to, right? So Yeah, but no, it didn't matter. He was just like, nope. So they have four more children. Oh. Um. So Hestia was the firstborn to Kratos and Rhea, and so this terrible mm-hmm. fate that Hestia met was followed again four more times by her brother Hades, her sister Demeter, <laughs> her brother Poseidon, and her sister Hera. Um, And after each baby was consumed, the Mm -hmm. more Rhea grew to just hate Kronos. So every time he deceived, like, he let her down, and she was just like, okay, this is outrageous, you know? Yeah. Um, So I definitely read a few places I just want to point out. I read the birth order differently a few places, but I Mm -hmm. changed this to reflect um, Stephen Fry because I believe him. So yeah, Stephen and that Fry. makes the most sense with, um, like Hades being the youngest boy. When mm-hmm. we talk about this later, so anyway, those are that's the order of everybody being born. So Rhea becomes pregnant with her sixth child, 
Mm-hmm. And she knows what's going to happen at this point. She yeah. knows that it's not going to end in her favor. And so she goes to Guy and she asks for help. She's desperate to keep her son alive and not lose him like the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so they concoct a plan to hide the baby away. She goes into her room, you know, as the baby's coming to be due. She goes into her room and labors for hours and hours and hours and screams and cries and Mm-hmm. It's all an act. She's faking her labor. Oh. Um, and so then she delivers the baby, which she did totally alone, right? Mm-hmm. And she had found this rock. So Gaia, being Mother Earth, had told her about this rock that was kind of the shape of a bean, but it was the perfect weight and like smoothness to mm-hmm. replicate a baby. Okay. So she finds this rock. And wraps it in a cloth and has it ready. So she labors, quote unquote, labors all day and then gives this rock wrapped in a blanket to the Mm -hmm. nursemaid. The -hmm. nursemaid then takes the baby to Kronos and he just, he's in a routine at this point. Oh, yuck. Swallows the baby whole. Now she's free. She's like, the baby's still safe in her womb. She's like, okay, let's get out. So she actually sneaks out of Mount Othris. And goes to the island of Crete Mm -hmm. and where she then has – there's a nursemaid and it's – I've read that she's a goat or she's either a she-goat. So – and either way, she's there and present and and the forest nymphs are also present and helping her. So Mm – and then she delivers a baby, Zeus, in a cave on the island of Crete. So she's planned and prepared to have the baby grow up knowing – that Krono, like knowing about Kronos and knowing that she can't be there for him or mm-hmm. like be there for Zeus, but she's like she's made an oath to raise her son to overthrow his father. So she has to leave the island because she's like Kronos is going to notice she's missing. Right. So she delivers, kisses the baby, hands him over to some she goats and forest nymphs, and you know says, "I'll be back for you." Oh, my Um, gosh. (laughs) So the baby grows up um, being taken care of by the forces, and these are the same that came from Uranus's blood. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just like, oh, nice little callback. So, Mm -hmm. And then Amalthea is the goat slash she-goat, and she is the one who actually nurses him. So Mm. she, like, is the one who makes sure he grows up strong. And once he stops nursing, he actually keeps her – as a friend for oh. years and years and years. Okay. So they were, you know, very close. She that goat was very important to him. So finally he grows up into a young man and is he's told, so Rhea is kind of orchestrating on the side this whole time, like how to keep him up to date on what's going on and you know, how to prepare him to overthrow his father. So she actually recruits, there we go. She recruits Methus, who's actually the daughter of Oceanus, which is one of the Titans. So Methus is very skilled in battle, but also strategy. She's very good at strategy and she's very smart as well. Mm -hmm. Also beautiful, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So Methus is actually the one who educates Zeus, and he's immediately immediately taken aback by her beauty, and he's like, hey, 
let's bang. And she's like, I have <laughs> other things to do first, sir. Um, and so, you know, she actually spends a whole year teaching him about the whole family, mm -hmm. what they need to do, and so on um, to overthrow his father. Um, Zeus falls in love, and I wrote lust with oh, yeah. her, but listens to her advice as she's the most skilled in the ways of the Titans, and she can help plot a way to free his siblings and take his father out. So mm -hmm. Rhea comes about a year later to fetch Zeus, you know, and they swear an oath that they're going to work together to take down their fa her husband, his father, and so on and so on. Um, Methus actually gives Zeus a special potion that she creates to poison his father. Oh. Yeah. So Rhea sneaks him back onto their home of Mount Othrys, and Zeus poses as a serpent. Serpent, not serpent. Um, <laughs> he poses as a serpent. <laughs> and goblet filler. So he manages to come in, and nobody knows him. Either, super close right? yeah. yeah yeah so he, nobody knows what he looks like nobody knows he exists except gaia and Rhea yeah. and a handful and they're of not telling anybody no no well because gaia is still pissed yeah like the titans or the cyclopes and the hecaton carrier are still trapped mm -hmm. so she's still bitter yeah so she's like i'm not saying anything so as Zeus is standing by waiting to fill, he's so he is a goblet filler. So he poisons the wine that he's holding, right? Mm -hmm. He's got the little concoction. And so he's waiting and Kronos calls for wine. He goes to him, fills his goblet. And just after a few moments, like Kronos drinks the whole thing, mm -hmm. chugs it down. And then Kronos starts to change. His body starts to contort and writhe and his jaw actually opens and disconnects. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> but this is where there's redemption okay so the first thing that's evicted from his belly is the stone wrapped in blanket yes and he immediately knows <gasps> what happens so oh, he and so this is when zeus you know drama and yeah you know, chaos is like it's me i'm here and i've done this to you and i'm your son and i'm gonna fucking take you out and he's just like no total <laughs> telenovela soap opera drama um absolutely and so actually I just one... imagine them looking up and like their eyes like locking and he's like <gasps> and then he's like <gasps> yep <laughs> And then the camera zooms in and there's like anger and rage and betrayal. Face. All of it. All of it. Um, so, but then one by one, each of his siblings is vomited from their father. Now, they're Greek gods. So when he consumed the babies, they're immortal. Yeah. There's, they, they lived in his belly. This did they grow up? Like, yeah, yeah, they, they grew, grew up. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, that was going to be so my question. He is vomiting grown ass people, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they come out and they're beautiful. Of course, I mean, they they're are. gods, you know. So right. it's like they not being immortal. They were immortal, so they were essentially just trapped in the belly and didn't die. But they grew up just hidden away from the world. So they yes. come out and they're strong and they're gorgeous and they have these attributes and Zeus is like 
ha ha ha, we did it. And so, um, <laughs> and so this is kind of, I've talked about it back when we taught, I think it was Persephone and Hades, but the birth order changes, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Zeus is now the eldest, even though he was the last born. And then it goes Hera, Poseidon, Demeter, Hades, Hestia, the opposite of how they were actually born. But now it's kind of different. So anyway. It's It's backwards. These gods now flee Mount Othrys and they find a new home in Mount Olympus. So they flee to Olympus and this actually starts the 10-year war with the Titans. Again, I just want to say everything I read is just a little bit different. Everything. You know, Mm -hmm. even with like mythos, I watched watched a YouTube video when I was doing the research for this too and there was shit that was just like so wrong – to me, I was like, that's not right. But then I was like, it probably was right somewhere. It just um, sounded yeah. – it just isn't what mm-hmm. I've ever read. So anyway, I kind of compiled all of my notes and made the version that I liked best. So yeah. if you hear something that's off, again, it's really just up to interpretation. And so many places have just little differences that mm-hmm. can change the whole story. But also it's it all ends up the same. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now this this war with the Titans begins, and we start to get some second-generation Titans involved in the war, and some are actually followers of Zeus, and and some stay with the original Titans. So, and this plays a big role in, like, at the end of the war. So, um, none of the Titan women actually partake in the war, and... Oh. But Prometheus, who's a second generation Titan, supports Zoo and Zoo. <laughs> need to do like voice exercises before I start talking. Actually supports Zeus and they, they later become best friends like down the road. So Atlas, who is also a second generation Titan, was actually the general of the Titan army. So he's the one who's led all of this. This is another thing that was kind of different. Kronos either like died after mm-hmm. this whole vomiting his grown children out of him scenario mm-hmm. or he's actually part of the war oh i read it two well, different ways two so very different things. yeah so i was like is he involved or not so yeah maybe that's just kind of one of the things it was like he doesn't it doesn't really matter if he does the anyway outcomes the same the outcomes of the same so mm-hmm. that's just something i wanted to point out and clarify but atlas is the one who's calling the shots for this war they are all unable to die oh oh they're unable to mortally wound each other oh my hell so they just fucking fight holy and they shit. actually remember they're giant yeah compared to humans and uh-huh. so the gods like the olympians are a little bit smaller but they're all still much larger than standard human bodies and they lay waste to the land and the skies thunder it's like if you were human at this time you went from the golden age of mythology where you like it was always springtime to literally just war and chaos and you know just endless destruction endless, endless thunder and lightning endless like earthquakes and damage and just crazy stuff right so wow the Olympians are not doing well. They're tired. You know, they're like, how are we going to ever do this? The Titans have the advantage. They're much larger. 
and they mm-hmm. are much older and their numbers are stronger. So mm-hmm. even even though Zeus has a following, it's not what's been established on Mount Othrys. So at the end of one of the battles, Zeus decides to change the game. So he's like, all right, everybody retreat to Mount Olympus, get everything ready, you know, but we have to end this battle. So he actually separates and goes to Tartarus. <gasps> so he climbs the wall down to Tartarus and gets past Hemphi, I suppose. I didn't read anything about him getting past the dragon that's guarding the Cyclopes and Hecatonchires, but mm-hmm. he confronts them. And he says, I'm not my father. I know you've been told this before, but I'm here to release you now. Yes. But I, if I release you, I need you to fight for me. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me change the way of this war and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so they agree. They're like, okay, yeah, we can help you. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. So the Hecatonchires are actually a big reason that they win. But the other reason that they win is the Cyclopes are actually very powerful craftsmen. And they actually forge great weapons that change the tides of the war. So for Hades, they create a helm that make him invisible. (gasps) What? That's cool. For Poseidon, a trident to -hmm. control the seas and the weather. Mm -hmm. And for Zeus, powerful lightning bolts that he can wield, right, and throw and use to destroy. So this changes the war and the, the the Olympians end up winning. It's the end of the war. It's a new reign. Everybody's trying to figure out what's happening. So Mm -hmm. uh, many of the Titan men that fought against Zeus, he actually imprisons them to take the place of their their siblings, the Cyclopes, Hecate, and Tonkires, and and traps them in Tartarus. Ooh. Yeah. So he's like, (laughs) you know, you fought against me. This is is your – Swapping. Sorry. And the Titans who supported Zeus were allowed to roam free, and many took places of power in the New World. So Zeus actually ends up marrying Methus, um, and she is known as the first wife wife of Zeus. So uh, because she played a huge role in their, you know, strategy and helping them Mm -hmm. win this war. So, and he was still totally into her at this point. So Atlas, however, because he was the general, he had a special punishment (gasps) so he was actually punished greatly because of his role in the war Mm -hmm. Um, and he was made to hold up the sky for all eternity so the reason that he did this was because Uranus the god of the sky was weak and greatly wounded from all the war and fighting and like his fall and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing so he was like Atlas is made to Hold up the sky for all eternity. Mm. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, Gaia is still fucking pissed because he traps half of her <laughs> children in Tartarus. She just can't win. She's just like, God, can I just uh, can I just have my babies? Yeah. No, she can't. That's <laughs> really that's really the sorry, Gaia. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. So Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, they decide to split these responsibilities up. So mm-hmm. they res- they give the sea, they're going to give the sea to one god, they're going to give the underworld to one god, and they're going to give the earth and sky to the last, right? Mm-hmm. And Zeus is not, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a choice. Like, 
not he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't care. Oh, yeah. He, he wants it to be say. fair. No yeah, opinion. No, he's like, we're going to do this together. We're going to split up these responsibilities so there's not just this like one all-powerful person. It's it's more divided mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So they end, actually end up like flipping a coin or rolling a dice for their roles. Oh. Um, which I didn't know. No. Because everything you hear about Zeus later is he's just super conceited and a uh, man whore. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he definitely would have just chosen that for himself. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but no, they leave it to the fate and chance. And so they end up, of course, we I hope we all know, Poseidon is assigned the seas, Hades, the underworld, and then Zeus is left to rule the earth and Mount Olympus. And he becomes the god of all gods, which they mm-hmm. had decided ahead of time, like, that was going to be the role of whoever took that over. So yeah. this is the third generation of the Greek, Greek, Greek pantheon and this, the start of the 12 gods of Olympus. Mm-hmm. Many of them were six out of the 12 are all children of Kronos and Rhea. The last little bit I wanted to share is that the Cyclopes, because they're great craftsmen, are actually the reason that they were able to build the homes for the gods on Mount Olympus. So they're very skilled and they were able to create these big, beautiful palaces and, Mm -hmm. you know, put together all this a home for the gods, Mm -hmm. essentially. But yeah, that is the Titanomachy, the rise and fall of the Titans. That was freaking great. Of the Olympians. That was awesome. I loved it. I loved your whole story. It's wild and also so just all over the place. It's consistently inconsistent. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've got for you today. Um, When we talk about Greek again, we'll probably get into, you know, who are the 12 Olympian gods and what are their strengths and weaknesses and you know all about them nice i love it but more Uh, on that later more on that later yeah are you ready to hear about some crazy shit i'm I have no idea what you're covering this week. And I'm very, like, shocker. Shocker. But you knew what I was covering this week. So it's like, there's no, there's no, like, I love the element of surprise. Yeah. I love not knowing anything. I was excited for yours, though, because I didn't want to wait. I was, I was tired of waiting. Yeah. Well, I don't want to wait anymore. Now you know. Now I know. Okay. You ready for some aliens? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever heard of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter? Nope. Okay. All right. So this is actually where the term little green men came from. But they're not actually – there's any – there's zero about them that's green. I don't know why. It's really – it's – this is the perfect example of our favorite game telephone. Okay. Yeah. It's all like changed and Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh so I found a PDF copy of a book written by a lady named Isabel Davis and Ted Bloker. I believe is how his name's pronounced. It's called Close Encounter at Kelly and Others of 1955. <sighs> so, yeah, I use this as a major resource 
Um, I also listen to the mysteries of the unexplained. If you, their podcast, um, and if you haven't, (laughs) they are hilarious. They're really good friends. That's Annie and will, and they give each other so much shit. Their banter is so great. It's, I love it. It's, it's a really good podcast. Um, and this week we're actually in Kentucky, not, Oh, (laughs) that's fantastic. Is that why you got it confused? That's why I got it confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I, like re-listening to that episode. I was so confident. I was like, we're in Kentucky. No, we are not. Not yet. That's next week. That's next little week. Little did so we know. Little you were did foreshadowing. We <laughs> I was foreshadowing. That's hilarious. Uh, so we are in Kelly, Kentucky. And okay. the year is 1955. It's August 21st. Mm-hmm. Hot summer day. Hot Muggy summer shit. night at 7 in the evening. Oh, oh. Close still enough. probably I mean, hot. Whatever. It's still probably it's muggy. A muggy. It's a muggy night. Um, and we are at the three room Sutton farmhouse. So they are, it's a lot of people at this house. Um, they're just having a get together, friends, family. So present are Glennie Lankford. She's 50. She's a widow and matriarch of the family. And she is described as a really no nonsense, no fluff. No, she's very straightforward, very honest, very reasonable kind mm-hmm. of woman okay uh her son elmer lucky sutton he's 25 uh his wife vera she's 29 uh jc sutton he's 21 he, he is the second son of glennies um aline sutton i think is how it's pronounced eileen maybe uh she's 27 she's jc's wife there's glennies three kids from her second marriage lonnie charlton and mary they're 12 10 and 7 um, Billy Ray Taylor is 21. Now he's not related to the family in any way. He's actually a friend of Lucky's and they know each other from working in a traveling carnival together. Wow. This is a three bedroom. Is that this what is you said? Th- it's a three bedroom mm-hmm. with all these people with all these people. Wow. Yeah. Uh, June Taylor, who is Billy's wife and OP Baker, it, which it, I don't know how old he was. Um, he's either 30 or 35, but it, I mean, it's irrelevant. There are a lot of adults, older adults. And Billy Ray goes out to the well and he's drawing up some water. And overhead, he sees from the southwest, he sees a silvery object in the sky. Mm -hmm. And he says it's really bright with an exhaust all the colors of the rainbow. Whoa. It comes over the house, continues down into the field on a horizontal course, stops midair, and drops straight to the ground, seeming to disappear into a 40-foot gully at the end of their field. Whoa. Yeah. He runs into the house, obviously, yelling. Uh, like, well, I just... it's 1955. Yeah. Like, shit, shit's not flying like that, right? Well, and... So this, they didn't have electricity. They didn't have radio. They didn't have a telephone. They didn't have anything. They didn't have any modern conveniences that would have been normal for that time. He runs in the house yelling, I've seen a flying saucer. Nobody believes him. He's kind of the one that everybody would think like, oh, you're just telling a story because that's what you like to do. Mm -hmm. They tell him that he must have seen a shooting star. (laughs) Not a single person in the family considers going out to the gully 
right? To see if they can find ship, which I mean, honestly, I don't know that I would want to go out there either. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Independence Day. We've all seen Alien. We know how it ends. We know how it goes. You never go into the dark basement alone, right? Like, no. (laughs) We know. We know. You don't go out into that cornfield. Thanks, signs, for really fucking us up. (laughs) Can we talk about that movie? That movie. It's scary. It scared me. The broad daylight camera footage. At the birthday party? Yes. Ah, yes. I've never turned off a movie screaming in my life. It was scary. Because I saw it like a few years after it had come out, you know. So I was watching it at home and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go for it. I was in my like scary movie teen phase. You were at home alone? Oh, I was watching it alone. And I remember just being like, Straight up, I was like, it's middle of the day. What's it going to be? And it was just like, oh, my fucking God. Like, you don't – He, no. you know, M. Night Shyamalan, his movies are, are like hit or miss for me. Yeah, that was But the when hit. they hit, they hit. Yeah. And that was like – that was an uncalled for, yeah. never done before no. moment in yes. TV. In movie yeah, it was spooky. And it was just like, you don't do shit in the middle of the day. Mm-mm. And he did, and it was and he like, did. Oh horrifying. yeah, oh, and it oh. walks. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, it was not. I nope. remember. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, how old was I? Uh, I think it came out in two thousand and two, two thousand three. So I was like sixteen, seventeen, and I went on a date, and we went and saw this movie. And I can remember driving home, and we were like holding onto each other's hands, and I was like, if something runs across the road, I'm gonna die. Oh my god. <laughs> It was so bad. We were so scared. You're like, oh. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Oh God. I mean, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. I still, I still sometimes, you know, because we have a lot of cornfields and stuff here, and they do mazes mm-hmm. and you know the autumn, and I'll go, but I'm definitely on the lookout for a fucking alien in the goddamn corn. <laughs> yeah. No, for, for real. For real. I'm the same. I'm like, there are a few moments in movie history that really still get me, you mm-hmm. know? And that's one of the – like, that's the rest of, of that movie is okay. Like, it's a good right. movie. But, like, it's that moment in that movie that well, got me. Like, the spooky – them running around the house in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So or keep, on that the roofs. Your, keep that in your mind as Mm-mm. I'm telling you Oof. about this story. Oof. Okay. So – a half hour goes by and they have dogs, you know, they're on a farm and one of the dogs is losing his mind outside. He's violently barking, growling, you know, he's so noisy. So Lucky and Billy go out the back door to find out what is going on with this dog. The dog immediately puts its tail between its legs and goes under the house and refuses to come out. <gasps> Should have been your first sign. So coming out of the field. Oh! I didn't even do it. (laughs) It all comes together. (laughs) Magic. Oh, my God. That was so perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. So coming out of the field is this strange glow. And they described it as the glow from an old watch. You know, like that greenish glow. That's I mean, because that's the time frame that we're in. So that's kind of how they described it. But in the midst of this glow, they spy a small creature. Mm-mm. It's about three and a half feet tall. It has an oversized head. 
It's almost perfectly round. Its arms extend all the way to the ground, and its hands had talons, has oversized eyes that glowed with a yellowish light. And the body gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of the night's new moon, as if it was made of silver metal. Glennie would later say it looked like the metal on a refrigerator. Blech. It's approaching them, and it puts its hands up in front of them. <laughs> this wasn't even supposed to be scary. I'm sorry that it's scaring you. <laughs> was this supposed to be scary? I wanted to give you aliens. I'm such a weak baby when it comes to aliens. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you just enjoyed them. Oh, I, I mean, they give me the heebie-jeebies. But it's spooky. But yeah, I love it. But it's like, it's like watching a scary movie. You know, you love it, but you also hate it. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> so many goosies. So many okay. goosies. So he, the creature is approaching them and he has his hands held up in front of them. And they said it's like someone told him he's about to be robbed. So he's approaching the house slowly, moving towards the back door. This is the kind of family that's not going to go to the police to get help. They are going to try to deal with the situation on their own with guns. <laughs> Lucky Super. grabs. It's the time. And I mean, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he, Lucky grabs a 20 gauge shotgun. Billy grabs a 22 rifle and they retreat back into the house. When the creature is about 20 feet from the door, they both fire at it through the screen. It doesn't fucking matter. It's too close Ugh. for comfort. <laughs> but the creature does a somersault backwards. He's an acrobatic alien. And he runs into the. <laughs> he runs. In... <laughs> Did that get you? <laughs> I just ran to be like, whoa, whoa, you know, but like yeah. pulling out these moves. Right. Like, why are y'all firing? Yeah. And then he lands it like, ah. <laughs> Top points. Yeah. Like, chest out, arms up. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect landing. <laughs> oh, so it, it somersaults backwards and runs into the darkness around the side of the house. Another creature appears at a side window. And when they fire at it, it also seems to flip into the air and disappear into the night. And both of these times, I'm assuming that they're probably pretty good marksmen. They've probably been using guns their whole life. Both times they said that they hit the creature. Now, <laughs> there are, the women are in the house. They're, you know, doing whatever, probably making dinner, you know, putzing around. And it's not, it's not a big, it's not a big house. It's pretty little. Yeah. So Glennie at this point thought that they were making a joke, that they were pulling a prank. And um, Aline comes in and she's terrified. She's shaking. She's really nervous. And she says that she's seen one of those creatures. So Glennie's like, okay, let's just see. Let's turn all the lights off. And she crouches in the hall next to Billy Ray. And it's kind of, it's like a, I can't remember what they call. Oh, they call it a dog walk. But really it, it would be like a breezeway, you know, right. between the two rooms of the house. Right. And so like so front door. On one mm -hmm. side, back door on the other side, I right? Believe so yeah, I have yeah. pictures of the layout of the house, okay. uh, but I I believe if I remember right, that is how it's set up. So they're crouching in this hallway, and she asks him, "Now, just what are you seeing?" And he says, "Just wait, and you'll see." 
Mm-hmm. So they're crouched, they're crouched down and they're about three feet from the front door. And she says that they stay this way for about 20 minutes. And one of those little creatures comes right up to the screen door. She said it looked like a five gallon gas can with a head on top and little legs sticking out from the bottom. And she says, I tried to get up from my crouch position to move back further from the door. I did not make it as I am heavy and my legs had become stiff remaining in a crouch position a long time. And being in the dark, I lost my balance and fell flat on the floor, making a thud like noise and letting out a shriek. At the same time, the thing jumped back into the yard. Billy shot it right through the screen. It then jumped up, we thought, right on the roof of the house. (sighs) Billy Ray goes outside to see if the shots have actually hit. And he's standing. They have a small overhang on their door. And the family's inside. And one of those little things, like, reaches its hands down and, like, touches his hair. I saw two things. It either touches his hair or it fucking grabs him by the hair and is trying to, like, yank him up. I saw two (gasps) things. So in the book, it says that it just touched his hair. But there are other accounts that said that it grabbed him. Right. The family's freaking out. They start screaming. They grab him and pull Uh him back into the house. Lucky pushes past him, turns around, and shoots the creature up over, like, knocks it over the peak of the roof. Yeah. Billy is in the house and he shouts, there's another one in the maple tree. And so they both, Lucky and Taylor, shoot at this one, hitting it, knocking it off the limb. But instead of just falling, it floats to the ground. (gasps) It doesn't, like, fall like a normal, like, our gravity Gravity. isn't the same for it. Mm -hmm. (gasps) (laughs) So they shoot it again and it runs off into the weeds. I'm going to tell you kind of what they, this creeped me out. It's not, this is the least fun part. So they they were described this as having, least fun. Oh <laughs> well, I'm going to build you kind of what, how they move and you can pull, I mean, pull up a picture of what they look like. Cause it's, what's that? What do I they, search? Uh, look up Kelly Hopkins, uh, Kelly Hopkinsville alien sketch. And it's not, it's not scary. It's just weird. They kind of look like little gremlins to me with really long arms and weird ears. And I'll explain it in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's not, it, it doesn't see, it doesn't, it's not really scary, but we'll definitely have pictures of it on our Instagram. Oh, so yeah. okay. they're described as having extremely rapid movements. And it was impossible to tell if there was several of them or if there was just two or three of them. Like one would disappear and then show up in another place because they were moving so quickly. Okay. So later the report would be that there was like 12 or 15 of them. That was greatly exaggerated. The family said that there was probably maybe two or three, maximum four. So there wasn't really that many. Uh, Up to now, they've shot these things at least four times. And another creature, maybe the one that was up on the roof, comes around the corner of the house. Lucky shoots it point blank. And when the bullet hit, it sounded like it pinged off a metal bucket. So it's not getting hit. And when it was it was hit, it would like light up. Like that part of its body would like light up like it's taking like that a energy. Chemical and reaction. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, and they're using a 12-gauge shotgun. That's gonna do some serious damage if you're at close range. I mean, Good yeah. to know. They're all they're it's this creature also does a majestic flip, lands mm-hmm. it, and runs off into the darkness. 
And every time the creatures would come up to the house, they would come from the darkness. They would come from the dark part of the yard, which people have said, like, maybe it's because their eyes were so big and the mm -hmm. light would hurt their eyeballs. And I mean, it does show that it doesn't, the pictures don't show that they have any pupils or eyelids. It's just like that typical, you know, the typical grays that they yeah. just have this one, one wide eye, black eyes. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So anytime the creatures would approach the house, they would do so in an upright position with their hands held out in front of them like they were going to be robbed. And Glennie thought that she, she later said that it appeared to her that they were trying to either establish communication and show that they right. were here to harm or do yeah. harm. It sounds uh, like they're like, can you stop shooting us? We just want to get close to we share. We just want to see what you are. We just, we, we want to talk to you about your car's extended what's warranty. This, what's this, hate? what's this thing on your head? Yeah, right? <laughs> this little creature growing up here. Like, what's there? So every time they were hit by a bullet, like I said, they'd flip into the air and recover or float from a tree or a fence, but they, they would move differently after that. They would lower their hands to the ground, kind of bend over, and they would run on their hands. <laughs> Ugh. so they're <laughs> double gooseies their legs their back legs were described their back legs <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, they're I mean, legs. You were just saying like they are running on so i yeah right your brain was there but it, <sighs> it wasn't there it, i this is a struggle today man uh they're Legs, normal legs, were <laughs> described as thin as broom handles and seemed to be only used for balance and to move in unison. Uh, they're, they didn't seem to have any knees. They were really inflexible, which is really weird. So, yeah, when they'd, like, get down, they'd get down and run. Yeah. It would be like, yeah. No. Yeah. Yucky. It's nasty. Um, but nobody, funny enough, nobody actually knows if they had feet or maybe they just ended in little stumps. Nobody oh, knows. Man. Or I saw a picture that said that they kind of look like they had little suction cups. <laughs> like, can you imagine like, bloop, like that suction cup sound? Like, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. Uh, it's ridiculous. Cause you read, hey, imagine that sound coming at you. Oh, ah, we're of the on night. the roof. On the <laughs> no, nope. No. Uh, mm -hmm. So one of the creatures was up on the roof and the men went out and shot at it again. They hit it and knocked it from the roof. But instead of falling to the ground, it floated to the back fence, which was about 40 feet away. <sighs> Perched on the fence, they shot it again. And again, it performed the most beautiful flip you've ever seen, got into that four-legged position and ran into the weeds. Okay. When do you stop shooting it? At what point do you give up on shooting? Exactly, <laughs> right? Seriously. This shit, I mean, this encounter went on for like three hours. They were holed up in their house, too afraid to leave. No. Because they're everywhere. They're peeking in the fight. They're playing this fucked up game of peekaboo. They're like peeking in the windows, up on the roof, and they can hear them like scratching around. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Um, I just imagined little eyes peeking in. Yeah, and their you little know, clawy like, talon hands. Like, and, yeah. I would well, just and I, I'm going to die right here. Especially yeah. back then. 
you know, yeah. I mean, th this is, you know, one of the first alien encounters that we have, like, good record of. Right. With so many witnesses. And it lasted so hours. long. It wasn't hours. just like a one-time sighting thing. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't, mm -mm. you know, like, oh, I saw a UFO in the sky. This is, I saw a fucking creature in my goddamn yard. Like, right. Like, for wow. hours. For hours. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, when they were, oh, okay. When they were shot or yelled at, the glow from their body increased as if the noise the family was making was affecting their luminosity. Um, they did have floppy ears. Uh, they were described as wrinkled like leather. And later there's a guy that comes and they draw them and they kind of describe it a little bit differently, but I'm going to get into that in just a minute. Um, they didn't have any hair. They couldn't tell if they were male or female and they didn't have a smell. Uh, they did have a mouth, but it never opened and they never made a sound. The only sound that came from them was when they would get hit and the bullet would ping off of their suit or whatever they were wearing um, when they were up on the roof and their nails would scratch on the tin. It was described as tapping and the weeds would rustle when they would move through them. But otherwise there was zero sound, zero smell, zero anything. Mm -hmm. um, they were never hostile. They never fired back at the family, never touched. Well, except for the hair. Um, and they never tried to enter the house. So the Suttons uh, barricaded themselves in the house and listened to them on the roof watch as they peek the window and at 11 o'clock they were finally able to make a break and they piled into two vehicles all of these people piled into two vehicles and raced to the sheriff's office about 10 miles 10 minutes away in hopkinsville mm -mm. when they arrived they tell people what had happened you know like we've been in a fucking shootout with aliens <laughs> and the city state and county police as well as four military police from nearby fort campbell all wow. went out to the farmhouse to figure out you know what is happening and a photographer from the local kentucky new era paper as well as his wife went out there um so in total there were 25 people that went back out to the sutton farm they measured billy ray's heart heartbeat and he he was at a rate of 140 beats per minute wow yeah yeah so something i mean freaked them out really freaked them out so they got back to the house and they did find shell casings, but no little men. They also couldn't find ev any evidence of footsteps or blood. Um, it was almost like the little creatures didn't weigh anything or maybe they weren't totally touching the ground. Yeah. Um, they also checked to see if anybody in the family had been drinking and there wasn't any evidence of that. I did see a report where they said that there was a couple beer cans in the garbage, but that wouldn't have that caused wouldn't fuck up a whole family, a whole family. I mean, and there's three little kids that talk about this stuff too. And according to Glennie liquor, wasn't allowed in the farmhouse. Chief Greenwall would say he's the, he's the chief of the local police, I believe um, in and around the whole area, the house, the fields that night, there was a weird feeling. It was partly uneasiness. They had a weird feeling. Everyone had it. There were men there that I'd call brave men, men I've been in dangerous situations with. They felt it too. They've told me so. So they're searching the ground, searching the house. Um, and Chief Greenwell joins some guys out by the back fence. And while they're out there trying to find any evidence of these little men, one of the men shot something and it ran off into the woods, but they don't know if it was one of those 
creatures. They did find a luminous patch in the grass. It was roughly 1.5 feet in diameter, but it was only visible from one angle, which is really weird. Um, at close range, they couldn't see it, but then they would move to this other, well, kind of like one of those stickers, you know, where yeah, you can, like, like holographic. Yeah, like a holographic stickers, but the grass <laughs> was glowing. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, like another dimension. Or maybe one of them got hit or was like rolling around in the grass. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the police officers said he saw a greenish light off in the woods and they actually went out to try to find it. They went to try to figure out what it was and they didn't find anything. But I also don't believe that any point in the night, anybody went out to the goalie to find out if there was a ship that actually landed or find evidence of it that night. So they stayed around two to two 30 in the morning, not finding anything to either prove or disprove what the sentence had said. And they all left. But 30 minutes later, the creatures came back. <sighs> Yeah, uh -uh. they didn't they didn't fire at them. Glennie was like, just leave them alone. Let's just turn the lights out, you know, but she would say that one of the creatures was repeatedly by her bedroom window and it would like poke its head in and look at her. And she also was like she she turned her head away to see if maybe her eyes were playing tricks on her. She said, I turned my head three different times because I thought maybe my eyes were fooling me. But every time I turned back, there he was. When asked how far away the little man was, she said close enough to put his little clawy hand up to it. So it's pretty close. When the sun came up, the little men had gone. In that same night, in this area, surrounding area, there was a report of mysterious meteors that actually quite a few people saw. One of the state troopers reported that at a restaurant named Shady Oaks, about two or three miles out of Hopkinsville, he had heard he had heard. I don't, I don't know that you can hear meteors. I mean, maybe if it's in our atmosphere, I, I guess. But he had heard several meteors passing overhead with a noise like artillery fire or whining. And then looked out his car window to see two of these meteors traveling overhead in a slightly descending trajectory in the general direction of the Sutton farmhouse. Maybe it was those same ones that yeah. um, Billy Ray saw. Maybe not. Uh, the police stated that these were not normal meteors. Earlier in August, um, this same gentleman had seen the Persades, and he said that they were nothing like that. They were much larger, much brighter. Oh. Weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the same guy later would say that they were meteors and just meteors. Like, he kind of backtracked on his story. Hmm. Um the police came out the next day to the house to do another investigation in the in the light. They got up on the roof, couldn't find any footprints, um, didn't see that anything on the roof was really disturbed. They never really, they didn't do a really good job. They didn't collect any of the bullet casings. They didn't um, yeah. use any like Geiger counters or block off any areas where footprints would have been. They did speak to the women. So Lucky, JC, and OP had gone up to Indiana to pick up some furniture or something, and they weren't there. But Chief Greenwell would try to talk to the women, and he was kind of trying to lead them into saying certain things. But every time he got something wrong, they'd correct him, and they'd all, like, corroborate the same story. Right. So he's like, oh, but maybe this. And then they're like, no, that's no, not how it went. That's not how it went. So I'm sure that one day some of us, some of us, one of us, the two of us is going to talk about Project Blue Book, but you. that's probably, it's the name of the Air Force used for the agency that was responsible for looking into reports of UFO activity. 
Yeah. And it was said that this incident, quote unquote, was never officially reported to the Air Force and no official investigation was ever made. But Fort Campbell authorities sent Major Albert Corrin to the farm to investigate and Chief Greenwell would later state that the Air Force intelligence from Fort Campbell was on the scene. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. when Billy Ray that day had gone out hunting with a neighbor and they watched two military planes circle the, fiel- the fields in the surrounding area around their house for mm-hmm. some time. I'm sure they were getting pictures of what the hell was going on. News started to come out about what had happened. Um, right. There's a guy named Andrew Ledwith and he worked at the local radio station. So he decided he was going to go out to the farm and speak to the family in hopes of sketching out what they'd seen. He takes this guy, Mike Likey, with him. He's the son of the radio station owner. And he wanted to have somebody with him to make sure that he wasn't leading or guiding the people that he was going to be interviewing. And they he gets to the house and the women start telling him about the events that happened. And again, the same thing with the chief. They If he would say something that wasn't correct, they'd correct him. Um, so he he's the one that actually drew that picture that you saw that we'll have up on our Instagram too. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure. <laughs> There's a lot of arguments about if the creature had a nose. Um, they did one where it had a nose, and they were like, "No, that doesn't look great." And it kind of looks like a little, like a little penis. <laughs> a little penis nose. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Nose. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So at this point, let's see. Nope, sorry, not at this point. Billy comes into the house, and he shows Ledwith shows him the sketch that he's done, and he's like, "That's it. That's exactly what it looked like." Mm-hmm. Uh, the family's been awake for over 36 hours now. They're exhausted. Yeah. Glennie is crying because people are just coming onto their property. They've heard about this. They want to come out and see it. She can't get these people to leave her property. And they're just coming into the house. Like, they don't have locks on their doors, but people don't right. like her, you know? Right. Um, Lucky gets home, and he's pissed that his mother is so upset. He sees her crying, and he throws up in the door and yells, what the hell is going on in here? But before he can say anything else, he sees the sketch on the table, and it's like all of the wind like left his sails. He sits Knocked down really hard, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, no, the face is almost round. It doesn't come to a point. Uh... Yeah, so it, it that really threw him. They all keep corroborating the same thing that they've seen. It's identical. You know, he sits down with Lucky, and he tells him, you know, tell me what you saw, and he sketches almost the exact same thing. In the days that followed the encounter, radio stations, newspaper reporters, as well as people that were just curious, would just come to the farmhouse. They just walk into the house. They ask the family to pose for pictures. They put up no trespassing signs because they didn't want to deal with all this shit. I don't blame them. No, I mean, yeah. After that, mm-hmm. your whole family going through that trauma, it's like, yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah, it doesn't stop people. Um, no. So they called the state troopers. That only worked for about an hour or two, but people just came back. So they thought, let's try to charge them money and see if that dissuades them. So they were charged 50 cents to come onto the property, a dollar for information, and $10 for taking pictures. But that backfired in the family's face, too. And people were saying that the family was a bunch of fortune-seeking fabulists. No one paid. They were just coming to the property. They'd bring fucking picnics and have picnics in front of their house. It's just horrible. Um, people offered to set up concession stands. Um, they rejected all the offers and I don't know how long it took. I don't know if it was a couple weeks or a couple days. The family packed up everything and left. Didn't tell anybody where they were going, just left. They're like, this is it. They became extreme. Glennie became extremely bitter 
Uh, She would say the lies that they told about us said that we were drinking the things that they put in the newspaper, like saying there were 12 or 15 of them. People just want to make money out of that and sell things. So she did have two other sons that lived in Hopkinsville. And when they heard about this, they thought it was some kind of joke. But when they learned that their mother was involved, they were like, if mama saw it, it was there. Right. She's not going to lie about it. She's not going to lie about it. Um, So where the green comes from is there was another woman's account a couple years later, I believe, that she saw a six foot tall man in a flying saucer and he was dressed in green. So the two stories at some point mixed together and that's where the little green men came from. Okay. This is awful. Um, Another thing that was taken into account to try to disprove all of this was the status, reputation, and character of the family. Mm-hmm. So they were working farmers on a low income. They lived in a small unpainted three room farmhouse, no running water, no telephone, radio, television. They didn't have any books. Right. Um, it was said that none of them really had progressed much past the fourth grade in school. And at this time, but at this time, they were actually the entire family was in the process of buying the farm that they were on. Right. I mean, there isn't. It's terrible. The kids were healthy. They were well cared for. And they weren't quote hillbillies or paupers but and i'm gonna quote what people said nevertheless their economic educational and social level was lower than that of most of the investigators and many of the townspeople and it was hard for substantial citizens to avoid a prior bias against these country people yeah this bias was revealed in statements like Country people are ignorant, uneducated, and easily frightened. They're the class of people I wouldn't believe anything they said, and people like that can dream up anything. So fucking rude. Right. Um, another thing to consider, that the reason why people didn't believe what the family was saying is Billy Ray and Lucky Sutton worked for a traveling carnival, and the flips, and like, you know, because you'd have gymnasts, acrobats. Right. Um They had come home from the carnival and rejoined it later in October. But people would say that because they, like a lot of people that worked with the carnival, it was kind of shrouded in trickery. Um, They would taught, they would have learned how to be able to swindle the public. And it gave them a taste for wanting to get more money out of people. And they wanted to make some quick cash. Oh, people also said that the family saw owls. That it wasn't actually little creatures, that it was owls. Oh. <laughs> and it was, but how, okay, one, owls don't make a funny sound if they get hit, like a metal pinging sound. No. And there was no feathers to be found. Yeah, no. Not a single feather. Uh, another funny theory was that on US 68, there were trucks belonging to King Circus that had stopped and they were letting some of the camels and the horses stretch their legs for a while. And one of the trucks that was with the circus was full of monkeys. And this truck took a long t- wrong turn and ended up in a different part of town. And they let the monkeys out to exercise. Like, were they on leashes? But one of the monkeys apparently escaped. And uh, supposedly escaped and mysteriously ended up at the Sutton farmhouse where they remained all night to be shot at, climbing all over the family's house up in their tree uh, until, you know, it was time to go back to the truck for breakfast. And uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, that doesn't make any sense because there's no supporting evidence for a circus ever going through town. Um, mm. There's no evidence of a truck of monkeys. (laughs) on the side of the road. <laughs> I know. People will come up with anything. Yeah. yeah. Reasonable, so, right? Mm-hmm. 
to explain yeah. the unreasonable. So yeah, yeah. So people have said that they were all hallucinating, but I've never heard of eleven people having the exact same hallucination for hours at a time. Yeah. So in this host's humble opinion, it's totally possible that they had some crazy little creatures in their fucking yard that they were shooting at. But that is the Kelly Hopkins Hopkinsville encounter. Yeah, man, that was wild. Yeah, thank you. I don't want anything looking in my window. Yeah, I ever tell you about my? I lived in a basement apartment. It was my first place, and I was getting ready for bed one night. It was dark, but I had a like I was in a basement, but it was a lit a lit basement, so it had uh windows that let Mm -hmm. the natural light in, and this window was in the middle of my room. And then my vanity was directly across from the window. So I'm getting ready for bed. I'm like, you know, wiping off my makeup or whatever. And I look up into the window (sighs) and there are two eyeballs staring (gasps) at me. And I scream bloody murder. Just totally caught me off guard. I turn around. It's a raccoon. And he's just he's just perched like he's oh curious you know but he's staring that's directly terrifying. at and me little glowy eyeballs they're glowy eyeballs i have never lost my shit so oh. hard i oh. it just totally caught me off guard and scared the crap Look. out of me so that's what that reminded me of, of like her like checking to see if there was yeah. something in her window but then i was like i think i bought curtains the next day i was oh, like absolutely. that never happen again <laughs> i was just horrified get out of here you raccoon <laughs> but then he was so cute because raccoons oh my and their their faces so cute. are so cute and so They're i was adorable. like get out of here sir you, you scared me to death you scared me to death <laughs> but yeah no it's the glowing eyes that i was oh, just like glowing eyes caught me on oh fuck i've never well been. you're not expecting somebody to be watching you and he was looking at me and he did he was he like was hey what kind of makeup remover are you like, using <laughs> what doing can you give me a recommendation yeah i was like <laughs> get, how get out of here Get out oh, of here. He scared the shit out of me. But yeah, that reminded me of <laughs> them peeking in the windows. I was like, Whoa. oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks guys for hanging out when we finished up our uh, the epic battle between the Olympians and the Titans, right? Did mm-hmm. I get it right? Okay. Yep. And uh, scary aliens. <sighs> broomstick legs. <laughs> so many gooseies. <laughs> so I, many gooseies. I, like, it was spookier than I thought it was retelling it. Like, yeah. when I'm like, just doing it, fine. it's just business. I'm like, oh, right. Got to get this down. Oh, right. Got to get this down. And then reading it again, I was like, fuck. Holy. <laughs> yeah. No, that one got me, I think, more than Sally House. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys make sure to check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We post on all of them. Check out our stories. We share out information on what books we're reading, cute bat mm-hmm. pictures, really cool fossil photos, and you know so much more. Send us a message on our email, or send us an email <laughs> on our either way. Email. <laughs> Just get a hold of us at more than at gmail.com. We'd yeah. love to hear from all of you, any of you. Send us an email. Send us Fill an email. Our inbox. That'd be we love it. Cool. Yeah, and then at the end of the month, we always do a mistakes episode where we correct what we've said wrong and tell you what we found out was actually correct or a little more correct than what we said the first time. Yeah, sometimes we get it wrong. (laughs) 
Yeah. Or the internet misled us. <sighs> or there's 8,000 versions of one thing. So ah. who knows? <laughs> who uh, knows? But yeah. Again, if you love us, remember to tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your mom. Tell your mom. Until next time, stay curious. Bye! Bye.